You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Yeah, we're going to talk about that this morning because pride can be a huge barrier oftentimes, and it is a huge barrier uh, for God being able to do what he needs to do uh, in our lives. And unfortunately, there are times where God does have to you know, drop the house on us, so to speak, uh, to kind of get our attention and to uh, get us going in the direction he wants us to go into. But before we get into that this morning, again, I just want to mention that we're uh, once again going to be organizing and participating in the Bible reading marathon. Uh, we've done that the last... Uh, several years. Um, In case you're not familiar with this, um, this is where all 99 counties in the state of Iowa are going to be gathering at some point, and they're going to be reading the entire Bible beginning at Genesis 1-1, going through the end of Revelation. So again, this year, we're going to begin Tuesday, August 27th at 9 a.m., That's where I probably got the 9 a.m. mixed up. Dan had said, you know, in your bulletin, the Agape event is 10 a.m. on Saturday. Go with what's in the bulletin, okay? But for the Bible reading, we're gonna start Tuesday at nine o'clock and uh, we're just gonna gonna begin in Genesis 1-1 and we're gonna hopefully finish up, we always do, sometime Sunday afternoon, September 1st. It usually ends up around 6 p.m. And again, we're gonna be reading on the courthouse grounds. We've got their uh, permission, um, their support to do that as we have in the past few years. In the past few years, we've had over 20 different denomination churches participate in this. And that's phenomenal. I mean, that really is kind of, that's about as ecumenical as I think you can get. It's non-denominational. And again, many of our city leaders are going to be kicking off the first uh, two hours. Karen's working on getting, uh, we may even have a possibility of the governor herself coming um, and reading uh, during that time. This is a big deal. And and the government, again, uh, the governor this year has signed a proclamation uh, again, uh, calling all 99 counties uh, in Iowa to once again uh, verbally proclaim the word of the Lord over our counties and over um, our state. Uh, What we uh, do, if you've not been involved in this, is we just kind of asked uh, different churches to take like a two-hour time slot, and then they kind of sign people up in their congregation to come, and and we just ask you to read for 15 minutes. Uh, We have kind of a tent set up. We provide the Bible. We kind of provide everything. You just kind of come. uh, You pick up where the last person left off. You read for 15 minutes, hand the Bible off to the next person. I mean, it's so smooth. We've never, ever not had anybody not show up. We usually end up having a lot of people who come in that didn't get signed up that want to read. And so we usually always have a super uh, participation. It requires about 80 hours of reading, about 320 readers. And so Karen Campbell and I are, are once again organizing this for Cerro Gordo uh, County. And we have some time slots that we've kind of designated for Praise Community Church. So it's an opportunity for you individually to be able to sign up. We've kind of done a three-hour time block uh, during the day, three-hour time block during the evening. Um, And so following this service, Karen's going to be out there in the entryway, and you can just, Karen, stand 
up, yeah, there's Karen. Uh, and so she'll have the clipboards there, find her, and she'll get you signed up uh, to be a part of this wonderful opportunity again to bless our county as we just lift high and proclaim the word of the Lord over Cerro Gordo uh, County. Um, just want to say, for obvious reasons, I'm not going to probably say a whole lot about this because my emotions are still pretty raw. There are just parts of me that are still numb uh, for what we've been through. Um, but our family, you know, just uh, th these last uh, several uh, weeks, um, we've been through a lot. Um, this is a picture of me and my dad. This was uh, probably uh, my dad's ba last best day. Um, and we were sitting outside our home and uh, my dad loved watching the birds. Um, and so we were kind of just sitting out there. We were watching the birds and we were visiting and stuff. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit prompted me, get this picture because it's the last one. So I took this outside with my dad and it's just, it's the best picture. Um, he was smiling. Um, it was just, again, it was his last best day. And uh, so it was just, you know, great to be able to capture that. You know, what started on June 25th, we thought was just going to be a really simple up one day, back the next procedure. And I had no idea that that would begin kind of a domino effect that would lead to my father passing away on July 26th here at our home in Mason City. And I really treasured the time that I had with him. And I really appreciate our leadership, our elders, um, just everybody in our congregation um, for just allowing me to be away um, from Sunday mornings, being away from my weekly responsibilities, just to be able to have this time with my dad. I really appreciated that. So thank you very much for the prayers. Thank you for everything that you did to care for me and, and my family during this difficult time. I know my dad is in a great place and he's rejoicing this morning and I'm thankful for that. I said to somebody this morning, it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword, you know? It's, we're rejoicing because he's with the Lord and uh, we're also grieving at the same time because we miss him. As all of you do when you lose a loved one. I know this is not a new experience for me um, or for, you, for us, I mean, corporately. It is for me. I've never lost the first parent that I've lost um, so again, I just appreciate everything that you've done. Last time I was with you, we were working our way through a series. I love these series because I just feel like every time I do a series, it's, it, I intend for it to be like, you know, two or three weeks long. And so we began this, I think, back in May. <laughs> and here we are still on this series, So Help Me God. But really, when you think about the, the premise of the series really has been, there are so many things we need God's help with. And oftentimes, and we're going to talk about that today, there's just this pride that kind of thinks, God, I can do this all on my own. I don't need you. I got this. And so we've been kind of working through this series, so help me, God. And the premise of the series has been is there are things we need God's help with. As a matter of fact, if God doesn't help us, 
We're gonna be lost. We're gonna be doomed. We're gonna crash and we're gonna burn. And so we started the series talking about one of the biggest problems that every one of us has, and that is with ourselves. I am my biggest problem. The problem is oftentimes I think the bigger problem are other people. God, if you would fix them, I would be fine. And the reality is, is Jeff is the biggest problem Jeff has. You are the biggest problem you have. And the issue is oftentimes we want to focus on everybody else and we ignore what needs to be done in us. We've kind of talked about, so help me God, with worry, with anger, with temptation. And this morning, I want to just talk about, again, an area where all of us need God's help, and that is in the area of pride. Proverbs 6.16 says this, these six things the Lord hates, yes, Seven of these are an abomination to him. And look what leads off a proud look. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. That's why I believe God is pro-life. I believe all abortion is the shedding of innocent blood. And so this, this angers God. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. And so the writer here says, a, a proud look or, or pride, it is something that God hates. As a matter of fact, the scripture says it's worse than that. It is an abomination, it is a front to God. It's strong because pride is a very dangerous, it is a very damaging, it is a very deceptive sin. As a matter of fact, it's something every one of us in this room, whether you realize it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, it is something every one of us in this room has struggled with in the past. It is something we will all be tempted with in the future. As a matter of fact, pride is so deceptive that it is usually, again, the last thing to leave the human heart, but it is the first to enter back in. I love what Selwyn Hughes in his book, Every Day with Jesus, says. He says, pride was the most poisonous of the seven deadly sins that are talked about in Proverbs 6.16 there. And he said, if we didn't think we had any, it was a sure sign we had plenty of it. Again, that's how deceptive pride can be. I'm not prideful. Again, it's so deceptive, we can be full of pride and not even realize it. Pride is the only disease known to man that makes everyone sick except the person who has it. Isn't that true? So before we talk about what pride is, that thing that you know, God hates, that abomination to him, let me begin by talking about what pride is not. Many things that we call pride or we use that word pride for uh, today are not really pride. For example, a good self-image is not prideful. 
Okay, as a matter of fact, God wants every one of us in this room. When when you see yourself through God's eyes, when you see yourself as God sees you, it will naturally bring forth a very good, healthy, positive self-image. When you and I truly understand who we are in Christ and who we are created to become and to be, that we're to rule and we're to reign, that we are the beloved. I mean, when you begin to understand all of that, it will naturally bring forth a very good, healthy, positive self-image within us. We will simply become a reflection of God. Receiving honor is not a pride. As a matter of fact, in Romans 13, 7, I saw Janie, you wrote about this on Facebook. Uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, where it talks about in Romans 13, 7, uh, we're to give honor to whom honor is due. The Bible calls us in uh, you know, places like Ephesians 6, 2, to honor our father and our mother. That is, that is giving honor to whom honor is due. And one of the beautiful things is, man, when we honor our mother and our father, guess what? We're blessed with a long life. I remember, uh, it wasn't the last time, but I think it was the second to the last time that my father was in Mayo Clinic. And my sister and I, we are the executors of his estate, And I remember uh, as we were getting ready to check my dad out, my sister and I were in the room with him. We were waiting for the nurses to come in and give the final discharge. And my dad said, you know what? I'm glad that you two were here this morning because I want you to know something. He said, I do not want to die in a hospital. I do not want to die in a nursing home. I want to die at home. He said, my parents died in in um, hospitals and I just don't want to die in a hospital. I want to die at home. And I want you to promise me that you'll do that. And I said, Dad, I promise you we'll do the best that we can. And so when we brought my father home for the last time from Mayo, one of the things that we were hoping to do was to take my dad out to West Campus so that they could kind of begin to work on rehabilitating my dad. And... The hospital called and said, we're ready. Can you bring your father out here? Have him here by three o'clock. We'll get him checked into the West Campus. And their goal was they really wanted to begin to kind of start strengthening my dad to help my dad start eating again. My dad had lost like over 50 pounds uh, in the last six months. He's having a lot of issues. And so they were wanting to take him out to West Campus and just help him to kind of get his strength back and to start eating again, gaining uh, weight. And so I went home. It was a, um, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember. Anyway, um, went home and I said, Dad, great news. West Campus has got a place for you. and, And I'm here to take you out there. And my dad's laying on the couch. My dad looked at me and he said, it's time for me to go home and be with the Lord. just felt like somebody kicked me in the gut. I just remember just looking at him and saying, dad, it's going to be okay. They're going to take good care of you. I mean, they're going to do everything that, that you wanted to do, what, what needs to be done. And, and, and I'm trying to sell this to him. And he's like, no, God has told me it's time to come home. I've never been one to ever compete with what God's telling people. 
I mean, unless it's like really insanely crazy, like, you know, God told me to kill somebody. I know God doesn't talk like that. But man, that was so hard because in that moment, I had to honor what he wanted. I did not want him to give up. I did not want him to quit. But I knew that I was thinking and feeling that through a very strong, healthy body that had not been through what he had been through. And I just knew I had to honor him in that. And he said, and I want to die here. I was, we were not prepared for that. I don't think we'd really ever had a discussion about that as a family. And that's a big commitment. He said, we're going to, we'll do our best. You know, without any hesitation, Janie, our family was all on board and people often ask us, you know, how did you do that with kids? Well, here's the thing. You know, as a, as a parent, kids take their cues from you. You know, if, if you're good, if you can see death from God's perspective, there's something beautiful about that. There's something holy about that. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but none of us are getting out of this alive unless Jesus comes back, you know? <laughs> Dying is a part of living. And so we decided to just let's embrace this as, as, a, as a gift, as a, as a way, again, of honoring my father. And we were able to do that. My dad was able to pass away um, at our home. So again, honor, it, I mean, it, it, it just comes in so many different facets. And again, it's not wrong to honor uh, those to whom honor is due. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful to Janie. I'm so grateful to our family that we together were able to honor my father the way he wanted um, to be honored. First Peter 3, 7 instructs husbands to honor their wife. It's all right for us as husbands to say to our spouses, honey, I'm proud of you. I appreciate all that you do for me, for our family. 1 Timothy 5.3 calls us to honor those who are widows. 1 Peter 2.17 exhorts us to honor each other. And the way we give honor to those whom honor is due is by valuing them, esteeming them, building them up, giving them respect. So the Bible says we're to honor somebody. It's certainly not a sin to do so. When our children do well in school or in a sporting event, it's necessary for us as parents to tell them how proud we are of them and what a great job they've done. We're certainly to take a certain amount of pride in the way we do our jobs, in the way uh, we do our schoolwork, in the way that we dress, in the way our home uh, looks, the way we kind of present ourselves uh, in public. There's, again, a good, healthy self-respect that the Bible does not condemn. But as a matter of fact, the Bible calls us to and encourages us to do so. So what is the kind of pride that the Bible condemns? Well, one type of pride that the Bible condemns is an attitude of independence from God. It's kind of like what Chris uh, alluded to uh, there in what he was talking about. It's this attitude that says, God, I don't need you. 
God, I can do this on my own. God, I've got this. This attitude, this independence from God is one kind of pride God hates because it takes him out of the picture. It takes him out of the equation. This attitude of independence from God gives way to a sense of ingratitude, which is also a facet of pride. When a person has kind of a haughty and an ungrateful spirit, then that person becomes proud, and out of that pride, they just begin um, to not acknowledge who God is, what God has done, what all God has given them. And the Bible calls this attitude of independence and this attitude of ungratefulness pride. It causes us, therefore, to measure ourselves by uh, others uh, and to esteem ourselves or to think that we're better than someone else. And again, all of this kind of comes out, it is a facet of pride. Now let me just kind of narrow the focus here and I'm gonna kind of give you some benchmarks or some tests uh, for pride, some indicators uh, as to where you are or to the level you may kind of be dealing with pride in your own life. So let me just ask you some questions. You don't have to answer these um, out loud. Well, you can if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, does it irritate you when somebody corrects you for your faults and mistakes? Now, you know, nod your head. I mean, that's all of us, right? See, now pride says to you, don't nod your head. Don't let anybody around you know that it really irritates you when somebody corrects you for your faults and your mistakes. So I got you already, right? Are you an individual who, when they make a mistake, always has an alibi, always has an excuse, always is able to justify that mistake, to excuse that mistake away? Again, it's simply a form of pride. When somebody wrongs you and somebody does something you don't like, do you ever say, well, I can get along without that person. I don't need him or her. Again, that's a, a sense of self-sufficiency. I can get along without God. I can get along without other people. I don't need other people. And again, that is pride. Do you ever find it difficult to seek counsel or to ask somebody for advice? Are you the type of individual who just wants to figure everything else out on your own? I, man, I'm, that's huge for me. Again, it's a form of pride. Do you have an ungrateful spirit? Not accepting graciously what God's given to you or perhaps complaining for what, not, not what God has given you, but maybe what God's given other people. Why them, not me, God? I'm a better person than them. I deserve that more than they do. Again, that is a facet of pride. Is your life marked by a sense of competition and you measure your success by how much better you do than other people? See, again, pride is not simply just wanting something more for yourself. It wants more than anybody else has. 
Now, again, these are all indicators of what I am talking about, that spirit of independence from God and that independence from God. Again, it is firmly rooted in pride. Now, there is, wow, I'm time-wise here. Okay, Bible tells us, uh, this is maybe one of these things we have to kind of come back and finish up next week, but that's okay. I'll be here next week. As a matter of fact, we're, uh, for, the, for the rest of the month, I am so sorry for all of the confusion on, on service times. Uh, I mean, I'm just thankful that you're here this morning. Um, we've kind of just have had to make a lot of changes in the schedule uh, to kind of work around what was going on uh, with me. And we really were on a week-by-week basis. I, again, I had no idea this was going to go where it went with my dad. We were hoping for a different outcome. And so it was just literally every week I'm on the phone uh, with the elders um, having to decide whether I'm going to be there this Sunday or not. And so again, we apologize uh, for all of the upheaval, the changes uh, that we have made. But we have decided um, as, a, as a congregation, as, as leadership, uh, that we want to just begin to worship together as one body, one service. So beginning Sunday, September 1st, we are going to just be doing one service um, Always, uh, from that point forward, we're just going to do one service that morning, nine o'clock here. Uh, Praise Cafe will be from 8.15 to 8.45, and we're going to be doing some things later on that we normally did, like, you know, classes, discipleship. Uh, we, we made, uh, we're just going to try to offer uh, things that we've never been able to do before on a Sunday morning because we've always had two services. So we're going to begin that September 1st. So again, uh, just you know, bear with us. Uh, we're again, apologize uh, for all of that, but we really believe that, that God has some great uh, and awesome things in store for us as a congregation. So again, there's an enormous price tag. When pride is a barrier uh, in our lives um, and the first tag for pride is it provokes deity. And, and there I'm talking again about God. Pride angers God. Again, look at Proverbs 6.16. There are six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look. And according to this verse, you can sin just by the way you look. I mean, some people can strut just sitting down. Have you noticed that? A proud look, kind of a haughty look. The Bible says God despises that. He hates that. Proverbs 16, 5 affirms it says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. That says something that ought to get our attention. God hates it because of what it does to us. God hates it because it gets in the way of our relationship with him. It gets in the way of our relationship with one another. And why does God have this great Hatred against pride is because, again, of what pride does. Many of you may not realize this, but do you realize it is pride that took Lucifer and made him the devil? True. In the original, you know, in, in, in creation, God created Lucifer, and he was the most glorious being that God ever created. And the Bible says that Lucifer... In, in the, the, the high point of his day, he was full of wisdom and beauty. He, there, there was a, 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 a perfection about him. And God had never made anyone 
more beautiful, more wise, more powerful than Lucifer. And Isaiah 14, 12 actually refers to Lucifer as the son of the morning. His name, Lucifer, it means light bearer. The Bible says in Ezekiel that Lucifer was perfect in all of his ways until sin was found in him and that sin was named and that sin was called pride. Ezekiel 28, speaking of Lucifer, says this, you were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adored you. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. You were on the holy mount of God. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until wickedness was found in you. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. It was pride that entered in. It was pride that corrupted the most glorious creature God ever created. And in that, Lucifer became the devil. It was pride, that pride that provoked and angered God. And not only was it pride that really kind of enabled Lucifer to become the devil, but it was pride that really ruined and defiled and brought sin into the human race. What was the bait on the hook that the serpent used in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? It wasn't just that the fruit looked so good, it's what the fruit offered. And the offer in the fruit was, was if you'll eat this fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will become like God. No longer will you be underneath God. You will be equal to God. You will become your own God. This independence from God. So Adam and Eve, they ate of that. And behind that was, again, this tremendous pull, this tremendous pressure. The devil appealed to Eve, put pride in her heart, and he said, you can become like the most high God. Eve, you and Adam can be on the same level as God. It was pride that ruined Lucifer. It was pride that ruined Adam and Eve and the whole human race. It's what brought sin into the world. As a matter of fact, every rape, every murder, every lie, every bit of dishonesty, every bit of cruelty, every perversion, all suffering, all sorrow, every evil known to the world, pride is what opened the door to it. You know what? If there was no pride, there'd be no devil, no devil, no sin, no sin, no corruption, All of this, again, it's rooted in pride. This is the reason the Bible says in Proverbs 6.16, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven of these are an abomination to him. A proud look. Again, look, number one on the list is a proud look because all the other six come out of this. Pride leads the parade. It's the basic ingredient. It is what is behind. It is the motivator of every other sin. 
It is the sin that leads to every other sin, and that is why it provokes God. You provoke God to anger when there is pride in your heart because of what it has done and what it continues to do in our relationship to God and in our relationship to one another. And next week, we'll kind of pick up here, uh, not only does pride provoke deity, but pride also proves depravity. It's what, again, brings us to that place um, of sinfulness. So let's just, uh, let's just take a moment, and I just want to just uh, pray uh, over you again. And, and, you know, just between this week and next week, just ask God just to kind of begin. Uh, this is something um, that we just repent of. We just simply ask God, God, show me the areas in my heart, show me in the areas of my life, show me in the areas of my relationships, whether that's with you, whether that's with other people, where pride is at work. And then we just simply say, I repent of that. I mean, we don't have to you know, do anything else. We just simply say, God, I repent of that. I do that all the time. When I, I feel pride is working in me in a particular, God, I just repent of that. That's, that's not who you are. That's not who you created me to be. God, that's not what I want to do. That's not where I want to go. That's not what I want to say. That's not what I want to do. I just repent of that. And that, that's all you need to do. And every time the Holy Spirit, again, kind of just brings that issue to the forefront, you just repent of it. Okay, God, I see that. I, I repent of that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be that. So that's what we're going to ask uh, this morning is, is just that God's going to begin to just bring to the surface, to bring to your heart those areas where pride is working. Whether it's pride that just simply says, I don't need you. I don't need God. I can do this on my own. Wherever that pride may be manifesting, we're just going to ask God just to begin to show that, reveal that to our hearts, bring that to the surface. And then we're just simply going to say, God, I repent. I turn from that. Thank you for showing me that. God, I know that's not who you've created me to be. And God, this morning, I just want to turn from that because I know, God, that that displeases you. And God, I want to honor you this morning. And, and so one of the ways that we're going to do that is we're just going to, we're going to repent uh, of any areas of pride. So Father God, this morning, we just come before you without shame, without guilt, without condemnation. We know that that is all a work of the enemy. That is not you. You are not behind that. Your word says that it is your kindness, it is your goodness that leads us to repentance. And God, this morning, you want to reveal your kindness. You want to reveal your goodness and bringing us to places of repentance, especially in regards to pride this morning. So God, I believe every one of us in this room, we have places where pride is operating this morning. And I don't say that as, as a condemnation. I'm not saying that uh, in, in, in judgment. I just believe that we all struggle with that in certain areas of our lives. And so this morning, Father, we're just asking you in that kindness, that goodness that you are, that God, you would just begin to bring to the surface, bring to our mind uh, those places where pride is operating right now. And God, it can be in our relationship with you. It can be in our relationship with others. It can be both. But those places where pride is operating, God, that, that is a barrier 
God, that you would begin to, to show us that, reveal that to us. And that God, our response to that this morning would simply be, thank you, Father, that you love me, that you're willing to reveal those things to me this morning and that God, you have given me repentance. That you've given us the ability to repent this morning, to walk away from that, to be free of that this morning. So God, we come this morning with no fear. We thank you that perfect love has driven out any and all fear. We need not fear fear what it is you have to say to us, what it is you have to show us this morning, God. So we just come in that perfect love. And we thank you, God, that you're going to begin to reveal and to show us those areas, God, and that you're going to lead us in repentance as you're working that goodness and kindness out of us, through us, Father, this morning. We thank you, Father, that you're leading us in that goodness, that kindness uh, in repentance this morning. So Father, again, we just, uh, we just, again, fully invite you. We open our hearts, our lives to you this morning, Father, because you are a loving God. You delight in us this morning. God, show us ways that we need you that we need you at a deeper level this morning, Father God, that we can turn to that this morning, that we can welcome you, that we can invite you into that place, that area of our lives this morning, Father God. And Lord, I just pray that throughout the week we would have those kind of divine encounters wherever pride would try to rear its ugly head, where pride would try to come in again, that God, the spirit of the Lord is just gonna raise up a standard against that this morning or this week and in this coming week. And so Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you again, God, for what you're gonna do in us uh, this coming week in this area of pride. And we just thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.